this man just says the worst things. Yeah. And it was just, it was one of those where none of the characters were likable and none of them had redeeming qualities. Oh, absolutely. And each one of them just annoyed the living crap out of me. Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is Abby Williams, who may have Googled Catch-22 before we hopped on this podcast recording. Now, before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of the books we review, so if you don't like that, then please go finish the book and come right back to this episode. But if you're just here for the fun-loving conversation, then welcome. We are so glad you're here. Whether you want to read one, none, or all of these books, the choice is up to you. These reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just purely two opinionated amateur readers. You may hate the books we love or love the books we hate. Everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to no matter how you like your books. You can tell us your opinions and your hot takes of all of these books on our Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. That's at rwreadspodcast on TikTok and Instagram. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. This week we read Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. Hi, Abby. Welcome to the Red Wine Reads podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Hello, Jella. I'm glad we're doing this. Oh, it's um, it's going to be a good one today. We read uh, Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. That we did. Well, we are on a time crunch because Abby's birthday is tomorrow. And so she's got birthday festivities lined up. Absolutely, we do. But this is still important. So you know what? We got to do it. We got to do it. Well, are you drinking anything on your birthday? Or are you saving it for dinner? We are definitely saving it for dinner. But also, Abby maybe drank a little too much this past Saturday. So the thought of alcohol is a little triggering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will tell you that um, my favorite drink... That was made. Um, my friend made a little cocktail with. He he basically made like a fancier version of a vodka crayon. Don't really know what he put in it. It was kind of a mystery, but it was a cool color. Really, really delicious. Wow, there you have it. Well, I'm drinking a delicious white because it's nice and warm today. I don't think it has anything to do with the book, but here we are. Nice. It is what it is. You got to drink what you have. Drink what you have. That's uh, that's our motto. <laughs> Yeah, always, always. Alrighty, well, let's let's just get right into it. So some quick facts about this book. It was published in 1961, uh, so it's quite the classic. It has a four out of five on Goodreads. It became a film in 1970, and then it became a Hulu miniseries in 2019. And it's also been nominated as one of America's best-loved novels by PBS's The Great American Read. He was born in 1923 in Brooklyn and died in 1999, and he was nominated in 1972 for a Nobel Prize in Literature. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Well, let's, uh, here's the summary. And I would say let's go through the main characters, but I don't want to because there's 15,000. Way too many. Way too many, folks. We just, let's just say we have Yosarian who we're following through this whole this whole book for the most part. Sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not, but for the most part, he's there. So here we go. Sent in Italy during World War II. This is the story of the incomparable, malingering bombardier Yossarian, a hero who is furious because thousands of people he has never met are trying to kill him. But his real problem is not the enemy. It is his own army, which keeps increasing the number of missions men must fly to complete their service. Yet, if Yossarian makes an attempt to excuse 
release himself from the perilous missions he's assigned, he'll be in violation of Catch-22, a hilariously sinister bureaucratic rule. A man is considered insane if he willingly continues to fly dangerous combat missions, but if he makes a formal request to be removed from duty, he is proven sane and therefore ineligible to be relieved. So much going on there. Okay. I will start off by saying... I started off reading it as a paper book and then I got about a fourth of the way through and I was like, I don't think I'm understanding it. And uh, Abby and I had hopped on the phone before I had started it and she had warned me about this. And so then I was like, okay, let me try the audio. And so then I was doing the audio and then I just got so infuriated because the way it is written is so repetitive that I was like, I cannot listen to somebody tell the same story three times over. And so I made it about three fourths of the way through. And then I just I was like, I'm just going to find a summary. Fair enough. Fair enough. OK, no, honestly, guys, this was this was a rough one to read. I started out the same as you paperback, had it in my hand, was reading it. And I'm a very fast reader. This was taking me so long to read. I was like, okay, I'm only a fourth of the way through this. I have to be done with it in 10 days. I don't know if this is going to happen with my work schedule. Like, I just don't know. And so I hopped on the audiobook and I listened to it a lot when I'm at the gym. I had to like re-listen because same as you, I was like, okay, what just happened? And okay, um, one of the first things that I would probably suggest people, like if they haven't read the book, obviously, hopefully our listeners have read it. I had to look up what is Cash 22? What is the definition? Because I understood their examples of it, but I actually like, wanted to see, okay, what? how are we defining this? And this is the one I found that I found most helpful, I guess. Any paradoxical circular reason reasoning that catches its victims in illogic and serves those who have made the law. And it's circular reasoning that traps unwitting bystanders in their snares. So I was like, okay, that's more helpful. And I was the same as you. I was like sitting back and I was like, okay, why are we going through the same exact event three times? Like, why are we doing that? And then I was like, oh, that's exactly what it is. It's he's recreating the circular, just the circular pattern of it. And it's just like super frustrating, to be honest. Yeah, because I mean, there's a there's a section he's talking with one of the 15 soldiers that we're talking to, and they keep bringing up like since the beginning, they keep bringing up this story about how this guy, he got hit in the head with a shoe by a whore is what they call her. Nice. But it's like, do you want to know why she was hitting me over the head with a shoe? And it they get into a cycle where he starts telling the story and then he's like, and then she got mad at me because of this. But that's not why she hit me in the head with a shoe. Do you want to know why she hit me in the head with a shoe? And it just went on. And that's when I was finally like, I cannot do this. I'm done. <laughs> because I wasn't getting excited to listen to it anymore. And there are some books that that same ha thing happens to me where I don't get excited to read it. But I still pick it up and I'm still kind of interested to see how it's going to end. And this one, I just I didn't care anymore. I just didn't finish it. And I just didn't like it. Did not float my boat. And I got annoyed with all the characters. And I got annoyed with how repetitive it was and how it felt like we were never reaching a point of any sort of plot, which I guess is kind of the point. It's a catch-22. I'm just going to keep reading this book and it's going to keep repeating itself. This is quite literally one of those books that you do not read because of the plot. You read it because it has those underlying messages that 
Joseph Heller definitely does get across, but like, it's like pulling teeth. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's not an enjoyable read. I wish that I had never read it. And I, I told you this, Jenna, I was recommended this book. This guy literally like, he knows that I read a lot. And he's like, you have to read this if you haven't, which most people have read Cash 22 by the time they leave high school, you know, I had not. So I was like, super excited about this. I was like, cool, this classic that everyone loves. I'm so excited. I have never been more disappointed by a book. And that's the honest truth. Okay. So let's dive into that a little deeper. So I would say one of the things I was, I was most disappointed in was the misogyny in it. I don't know why I'm surprised though, because it was, it was written in what, what I say, 1961. And I mean, you have to be fair too, that that that's, that's the times, you know, like that's, that's the reality of war. And like, that's what these men did. Like what gave them joy in that time is they went to sex workers and all of that. But yeah, this man just says the worst things describes these women as if they're objects. And it's so, I I could like, there were parts where I was just like, I cannot listen to this anymore. Yeah. And it was just, it was one of those where none of the characters were likable and none of them had redeeming qualities. Oh, absolutely. And each one of them just annoyed the living crap out of me. I mean, when I first started reading it, I thought there were some like funny moments and I was like, oh, is the humor going to be kind of like this throughout the whole thing? I, I could deal with this. And then it just got, it was the same joke. Over and over. And I mean, it was supposed to be satire and I definitely get that. But I think that there's a line where it's like satire and just like absolutely like, just to make a little joke here, just like hitting you in the head with it, like literally like over and over again, like you did it too much. You did it too much. And it wasn't funny. It wasn't effective. And I just want to know to the people who like it, like genuinely, I want to know, like, what was I missing? Yeah. And I think another thing we had talked about was what you're missing is where the brick you are in any given chapter, because it's jumping from scene to scene to scene in a non-chronological order. And also, like we've talked about this, we've read books like this. It's not always a bad thing, but when you're doing it on a whim and not even giving any context to who is where at what time. And you have 20 characters that are trying to establish place and time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like virtually impossible to follow. (laughs) It it was just, and like, I guess I just didn't really understand. Like, you know, when you go back to school and they're like, all right, we have the start of the book. We have the rising actions. We have the climax. I literally was sitting there and I was like, what is going on? So like the death of Snowden apparently was like one of the main climaxes of the entire book that happens in like, I think the second to last chapter, but it is also throughout the book. And you're just like, I didn't get that at all. That was like another repetitive thing that killed me with, they would keep making references to certain things that happened or how Yosarian, like they were in the midst of a war and he was like, well, if we're trying to move this line of men on this map, like if we're trying, if that's what we're trying to do with the war, why don't we just move it? Right. Like ourselves and not do it in the actual war, but just do it on the actual map. And nobody will know. And then they were like, oh, we did it. Everyone pull out. What? I think there were so many times where I said that exact thing. I like listened to something and I paused it and I would just be like, what? I'm like, I want to know like if people at the gym were like watching me because there were literally times I'm like on the elliptical or something and like something happened in the book that I literally was just like, that was so stupid. I can't even believe that. Just absolutely baffled. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm going through the Goodreads because I'm trying to figure it out. So um, the second and third that show up are one-star reviews and both are like subtitled shelved as unfinished 
or left the book unfinished. So I think we were in the same scenario. One of the one of the people said he went off on tangents, introducing a new character seemingly every paragraph and seemed to lose his train of thought only to regain it two pages later. I couldn't take all the jumping around. It was completely lost the whole time. At times reading the prior page, thinking I missed an important tie in somewhere. Am I the only person on this planet who is asking myself what the heck was everyone smoking when they read this book and actually enjoyed it? So, okay, I, I'm going to be honest. As I was reading it, thought the exact same thing. I was like, this is miserable. I hate this so much. But then like you do dive into like, I got on the internet. I wanted to find the deeper meanings of things. And that's what's crazy. I have to have some mad respect for Joseph Heller. Every single character signifies something. And once you kind of like dive deeper into it, you're like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. But it's so hard when you obviously have this brilliant writer, but you're just not getting it when you read like it shouldn't be like that. And all the like jumping around and losing his train of thought only to regain it two pages later. That's part of the story. It's this circular idea that's just like you can never actually win. It's just like keeps going around and around and around. And then also it, it's, it signifies what they felt like in the war. Everything seemed pointless. They had basically already won the war when this when this takes place, but they still were being told to go fly these really dangerous missions, all this stuff. All the soldiers had no say. Like that's one of the biggest themes. They had no say on what they do. Like they just had to keep staying there, do what you're told. So it all does add up and you're kind of like, oh, that makes sense. But like a book just shouldn't be... I don't even know how to describe it. I just genuinely, I have not hated a book like this in, in a very long time. I think how I feel is, like you said, it, it absolutely touches on some very interesting aspects. And especially with it being, it's talking about World War II, but it's also very foreshadowing to the Vietnam War, especially where it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> Soldiers being like, I don't, why are we here? And so I think it's an interesting time period of when it was written and like what war it was written about, but actually how, I think that's maybe why it stayed so relevant was it was like, it actually really applied to the people that were fighting in the Vietnam War as well. And then it kind of became this overarching satire kind of political commentary on war itself, especially like American soldiers going to fight these wars in these far off lands, so to say, that's like not on their home soil. And so it's kind of like, what are we doing out here? And I think that that part is interesting. I think the Catch-22 idea is fascinating. And like, I enjoyed that, but it's it takes a certain type of brain to read this and follow it and take something out of it. And it's one of those books that I think you do have to read multiple times in order to understand it. And it's a book that I didn't even finish one time. I couldn't do it, but maybe that's the key is you just have to reread it. I will never pick up this book ever again. Like, I'm sorry. I can't suggest it to other people, but that also, I don't want that to take away. Like, obviously, Joseph Heller, really good writer. Like, imagine the brain it took to write this. How did he not get lost in all of the different yeah. storylines going on, jumping back and forth? I can't even imagine what that was like. So mad respect for him, but sorry, I will not be rereading this. Yeah, I think there's some purpose into how he wrote this book, into how chaotic it was and how absurd it was at times. I think it just doesn't age well is really what it comes down to. It doesn't age well in terms of I'm going to sound like such a fucking Gen Z here, but it doesn't age well in terms of people's like attention spans. Oh, yeah. And it's like you have to really 
sit with this book a while in order for it to like sink in and like in order for you to understand it like you you can't just pick it up and read it for 10 minutes and then put it down like you have to sit with it in chunks I don't know at least in my experience reading it I had a really hard time following it and paying attention to it and just picking it up to read it it felt like it was hard work a chore it was a chore yeah Reading should not be like that. I dreaded every time I had to had to listen to it. So it's just I think I think it's fine that we have that opinion. I would love to hear from our audience. Like, hey, again, what are we missing? Do we need to try it again? Like what, you know? And yeah, a lot of things didn't age well in this book. Yeah. How they treated women, how they talked about women, how Yosarian like fell in love with every single person he came in contact with. He was like groping the nurses, like literally just not good. Just not good. Yeah, it's going to be a no <laughs> for me. Um, well, let's get into our final ratings. I feel like we've just bashed this book into ash. I would give it a, I would say one out of five. If I can't finish a book, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give it. No, that's absolutely fair. Deserving even. Again, I thought like it had some funny bits <laughs> and had an interesting idea. It just, it did not translate well to my brain and it did not age well in my opinion. And I had a really hard time reading it and didn't want to finish it. So if I don't want to finish it, it gets a one. Yeah, that's definitely an issue. Well, I did a little better than you, but still, I think this is my lowest rating on a book. I gave it a two, which if I give a book a two, like honestly, I can usually find like pretty redeeming factors and everything. This one I just hated. Hated it, period. Like there's nothing like, sorry, I don't have the brain for it, I guess. I mean, there are people out there that really like this book and I am not one of them. At all. Yeah. I'm excited for our pairings because I think you'll appreciate my TV pairing just based on this conversation. Okay. Well, let's get into pairings then. That's perfect. Perfect transition. TV show, book, movie that remind us of this book. All right. I'm going to I'm going to do TV first just because that's what's that's what's funny. So for all my people out there who have watched this show, hopefully you understand. I loved it at first. And then um, words can be used like absurd, chaotic, all of that to describe this. Same as Catch-22. And that would be the good show Riverdale. <laughs> oh my God. That's so good. What's going on? We don't know. Yeah. So literally I just was reading this and I was like, this, this feels familiar. This is a familiar feeling. Like there is so much going on. They're just pulling stuff out of their butt at this point. And that's kind of what I felt Joseph Heller was doing with all the different characters in this book. So yes, that is my TV pairing Riverdale. Absolute chaos. <laughs> Wow, that is such a good pairing. I think that one's a good one. Um, okay, for my book, I have not read this book in a very long time. So like, I hope I'm remembering it. But Slaughterhouse-Five, yeah, it's also kind of an anti-war book. Has a lot of similar themes, but like also like just different spins on them. Um, but one of the biggest ones is Slaughterhouse-Five had this weird alien thing going on in it. But it was all about free will. And I think one of the biggest things in Cash-22 is this idea that like all the soldiers didn't have their own choices. You know, they couldn't make decisions for themselves. It was obviously like made by the government, people in charge, all that good stuff during the war. So I think those are good pairings together. And then honestly, I don't think I have a movie that's super similar to it, but just kind of going along with that theme of like 
making your own decision. I did Hacksaw Ridge because I think it's the, uh, yeah, the opposite of it. Like he was able to make that decision even in wartime. Like, Hey, I'm not going to pick up a gun. So I thought I was like, okay, that's a good one. So yes. And then my drink, and I got to explain it, is a Long Island iced tea. Because you order one, you're excited about it. You're so excited to drink it. And then you're like, oh, this isn't great. Like this doesn't, this doesn't taste good. It takes you a really long time to drink. And after you're finished, you're just kind of like, huh, that's kind of how I felt reading this book. I, I was really excited to read it. And I was like, this is going to be so good. Like everyone recommends it. It's a classic. And then I was just like, this was not good. This is not good. So yes, that is my pairing for this. That's a good one. That's really good. Okay. I'm going to go off the rails just a little bit. My drink is going to be um, an MRE, which is what the army, like their meal kit, because everyone complains about how bad they are. And it's pretty much just dehydrated food that you like add water to. Yummy. My TV show would be the Catch-22 TV show. I actually haven't watched it. And I yeah, I was like, did you watch it? Because I almost did instead of reading the book because I hated it so much. I think I watched the first episode like so long ago. Like, or I guess when it first came out and it feels like forever ago, pre-pandemic. And I don't really remember much of it. So I cannot give a good uh, review of how how good it was. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, it was directed by George Clooney. Um, It has an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, not bad, not bad. I probably won't, I probably won't give it a go. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> And my book is going to be The Sympathizer, which is a phenomenal book. It's a really hard read as well. It's very dense um, and also very graphic at points. And so it's very much a content warning. When I read it in school, they like told us to skip a few chapters because there's a very graphic scene involving a woman in forms of torture. So not great. But the actual story is interesting because it's talking about the Vietnam War and kind of like North and South Vietnam. And you have a, a spy who he is a North Vietnamese mole in the South Vietnamese army. But then he gets exiled to the United States. <laughs> and so it's a very interesting dynamic of and how it talks about war and how it kind of like takes you out of the actual war, but also puts you into America during war times. And it's just an it's a fascinating book. It's a dense book, but I think it does a really good job at describing the like complicated nature of war in such a way that if you liked Catch-22, if you like the idea of Catch-22, The Sympathizer is probably a good option for you as well. Um, and if you want it kind of based around the Vietnam War, I think it's a good book. And then my movie is kind of interesting. My movie is Across the Universe. Okay. Which is like the Beatles musical because they talk about war and it's kind of funky and it's kind of weird. And then they do like Strawberry Fields and they use it to talk about war. And it's just like a weird kind of experience to watch this movie and to see like Uncle Sam come to life and like be all like this weird animatronic thing. And so um, I felt like that was like a similar vibe of how I felt reading this book. Understandable. <laughs> so I felt like I was tripping, tripping hard. And that's how I felt reading this book. Those are beautiful. Those are great ones. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I would say sympathizer again. I really want to just stress this. It's not for the faint of heart. So just keep that in mind. But I did see another gal that I follow on um, Instagram who has a book talk and she had just finished reading that one. And I was like, oh, look at that. 
And she, I think she got, gave it a four out of five. I feel like I've compared to the books that we've read, a four out of five is really good. Like, <laughs> yeah, agreed. There we have it. I feel like I was caught in Catch-22 trying to read this. It's like I was just lost either way. You know what I mean? I feel funny. I feel funny because I feel like we did not touch on the plot whatsoever, but also... you Could could we even? Like, there was so much that happened. I don't think you even could because they're like the one review said, you introduce a new character seemingly every paragraph. And there's like four different doctors and there's four different captains and there's... F- there's 15 different soldiers. And there's literally someone named Major, Major, Major. Yes. So, well, hopefully next time will be better. <laughs> okay. Cheers. Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. If you want more book-related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Podcast. Again, that's at R-W-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all. Thanks all.